Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Football Ramble preview show sponsored by Betfair. It's Friday the 6th of October. Four working class lads with access to a Rolls Royce here. I'm Pete Donaldson. I'm Jim Campbell. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm Luke Moore. To be fair, you have got a jag. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. But, it, yeah. but the boot is full of, of water and it smells of piss, so yeah, all exactly. good. And it's uh, in Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon Victoria Beckham's dad's Rolls Royce smelled of piss? Uh, no, probably not, to be honest. I, what I like about that scene, so if you've not seen it, Netflix documentary, David Beckham, uh, it's all basically, is it just PRing his kind of recent his exploits? Whole, in existence yeah. is that, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so he's, he's just on a bit of a PR mission and he's got a documentary following David Beckham around. You've got like, the uh, Messi joining uh, um, uh, Miami and stuff like that. Come to, still to come on, on the episodes but uh, in the first episode I think it was um, Victoria Beckham's trying to wax lyrical about her working class upbringing and David Beckham who bearing in mind this TV show is all about him administering a bit of PR. He cannot help himself right. being shit, shithead husband. Going, he going, pokes his head in the room like he got his teeth. Yeah. Be honest. Going, Tell him what car your dad drove. <laughs> Tell him what car your dad drove. Well, uh, it's not that simple, actually. Yeah. Tell him what car you... He's such a shithead. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that, that sort of nagging recrimination off. that you only really get after 20 years of marriage. Correct. Mm, Speaking correct. of experience there, Andy. Presumably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who left a bin lid up? Um... <laughs> Uh, so uh, that was obviously you. Uh, no, I'm 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 actually quite good. Good at that. bin discipline. Audit, yeah. Good good bin discipline. Pick one I'm... thing and do it well. <laughs> <laughs> can't well, get me on the bins. Can't get me on the bins. <laughs> I want the bins, didn't I? Oh. Stop talking about the bins. Yeah. Uh, so uh, in the football, I'm uh, not doing the recycling though. Woke. What? It's woke. Woke. <laughs> I just throw all my car batteries in the river. Um, Marseille 2, Brighton 2. Brighton's first ever European away day, guys. And the first European point they've ever had. Which yeah. is good, isn't it? Still worth the same as any other common or garden point. Come I mean, on. Reality, don't be cruel. Philosophically, it's massive. Down, when you come back from 2-0 down at the velodrome. It's yeah. good. Come on. Mm. That's good. And, and um, it was looked like quite a febrile atmosphere, Andy, would you say? Mm. Yeah, well, uh, if you think, uh, Reno Gattuso's first home game as Marseille coach as well. There was that bit at the end where obviously it had been put up beforehand. He he did, Roberto De Serbi did the thing about he's he's not my friend. Nice. Very clearly. <laughs> Brave. You can always be more blunt in your second language. Yeah. And he took that opportunity. But when they went in for that sort of awkward half hug at the end, I couldn't work out whether De Serbi just thinks he's a twat or whether he thought, mate, you're sweatier than Tony Blair. Like, yeah. no way. And, and, and Gattuso's always been hard. Now he looks like Uber driver hard. Yeah. He's like really stocky, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah, 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 he's yeah. like Uber driver or pub. It looks like he's where he spends all his time, which makes <laughs> him even more sinister because 
on one hand, he couldn't chase you down the road. But on the other hand, if he got hold of you, he's basically going to smash you into a yeah, pot. You're not, you're not getting <laughs> I, away from that. I remember having a chat with... Apart from as a fine paste. <laughs> <laughs> I remember having a chat with an Uber driver in Marseille and he was telling me once um, on the way back from the stadium how much he hated a particular French TV pundit. Right. And he, he, he goes, yeah, he's such, a, he's such a twat. He goes, you know, I saw him at Marseille Airport the other week. And when I was walking past him, I just stood on his foot really hard. <laughs> and I was like, was it busy? And he went, no. <laughs> Deserted uh, airport and you're stamping on someone's foot. Yeah. Just really yeah. confusing. It, it could be the case that obviously Deserby doesn't know whether or not Gattuso is a hugger. As they're not mm. friends, aren't they? They're not friends. Some people hugger, some yeah. people aren't. And, and if you're not friends with that person, how do you know? And what was a historic week for Newcastle, Pete? Mm. Um, they're still influencing the game because lovely Chancellor Mbemba scored a goal. Mbemba. The Chancellor. The Chancellor. The Chancellor of Marseille. Sounds more sinister than it probably <laughs> it is. It really does. Yeah, <laughs> but it was... Um, I, I criticised Brighton in their first European game because I thought that the, the occasion was big for them. Mm. And then when they when they went behind in this game, I thought, oh God, here we go again. Showed a lot of character. They did. I thought they did actually, and I thought that was a bit of a platform for them because um, they got Ajax at home next, which is that's going to be brilliant. Potentially, though, potentially difficult, but then Andy tells us on the OTC that Ajax are terrible now, absolute bin fire of a club these days. That they are, and if you look at the actual quality of the teams in this group, Brighton should be winning it. But right. we've said it throughout this European week. It's about like not playing the occasion, really, yeah. isn't it? And I think for Brighton that's hard, and also as I said last week, for De Serbi it's hard because. He is obviously a hugely talented coach. He's also relatively inexperienced at, at European level. So mm. this is him kind of learning on the job as well. But it felt like Brighton were learning as the game was going on last night, yeah. if you know what I mean. Absolutely. No, I think that's right. Mm. And I think they did well to the pizza. They showed a lot of character. And, and I think, you know, I don't think it's any coincidence that Pascal Gross scored. He's, mm. he's just someone who... He feels like a bit of a totem for them. He's got mm. a lot of experience. He realizes all the hard work that yeah. side does really perhaps, in many ways. Perhaps not a lot of experience in European level, mm. but he's he just seems like a really almost like a really reliable babysitter. Mm. <laughs> 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 Needlessly finessed finish for yeah. what is essentially yeah. just slotting into know, the goal. Yeah. Just to make sure. Classily done. Brilliant. And it feels to me like when they when Marseille were 2-0 up, because they scored their two goals in quite a quick mm. succession. Mm. was up as well. It was. Yeah. And everyone was, it felt like everyone was looking at, oh, Pascal, I know what to do. What shall we do? <laughs> He'll drag us through. It's like, there's, a, there's um, I think there's an injured bird in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Speak to Pascal Gross. <laughs> There's well, nothing more disarming than an injured bird in the house. And I think Pascal Gross would know what to do. Uh, as a cat uh, owner or herder, yeah. um, have you experienced a lot of birds, injured birds in the house? I have. And it's... Throw them at the wall. No, no, no. no, no. What you... would you do to dispose of it? I don't know if I actually had an injured one. I think I've had a dead one. Right, okay. Which is much more easy. To the do, ultimate right? injury. Yeah. <laughs> Just, um, put it in a lovely soup. <laughs> I, I, that's what I do when I walk in. I, I look at our cat. Mm, I look nest. back at the bird and go, that is the ultimate injury. <laughs> Into the slow cooker. Yeah, and it goes. <laughs> and it why goes you never away. bring home a duck? <laughs> I know, exactly. He's always a pigeon. Um, well, uh, lovely little fact. Brighton have scored uh, 23 goals and conceded 20 in their first 10 games in all competitions. They are the first Premier League side to have both scored and conceded uh, at least 20 goals in their first 10 games since Newcastle in the 1999-2000 season. Again, a lovely in, little fact. Again, influencing the game. Again, influencing it's a very Newcastle-themed week. It's, it has been a very Newcastle-themed week. I mean, guys, did you enjoy yourselves? Because I was so jealous yeah, yeah. Great. of not being able to attend. I felt bad that you weren't there. I, I know. Was, I spoke to you on the day, didn't I? Yes, you did. And, yeah. and you were quite crestfallen. I was, yeah. I can't hear. stop watching the goals. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's saying that. The but goals. it was it was and as I said on the show, it was an absolutely sensational atmosphere. It was it was Susan Perb. Yeah. Mm, what was, was the cause I think the highlight for me was the VAR decision for uh, Dan Burns' goal. So I was right in line for that <laughs> and I was convinced it was offside. Right. I was I was like straight away, I was like, okay, that's gonna be offside. Yeah. And then um the Newcastle fans celebrated the goal and then waited for absolutely ages mm. um, and then celebrated massively again. <laughs> but they were celebrating everything, as we said. They were yeah. celebrating everything that happened. Ugh. It was crazy. And, and, then, and then the walk back from the stadium, every <clears throat> pub and club was full. Was just I, I that, <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was the amazing thing because I, I came down like after I'd finished writing my thing to mm. meet the guys and record Ramble Reacts. And um, it, was, it was weird. It like the streets were really empty when mm. I, I left the stadium about half past ten because everyone's in the pub already. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. The commitment's incredible, Pete. I can see why you... Now I've spent some time really ingratiating <laughs> myself with that part of the world. I now see a lot more 
about why you are what you are. Yeah, mm. yeah. I remember when we went to Newcastle to do some live shows and mm. um, we'd, we'd left the show and we were sort of coming up this hill mm. and you could hear what sounded like a sort of zombie horde, but it turned out to be like a sort of Sainsbury's local size Greg's that was <laughs> still open at about 11 o'clock. It's so crazy I, I can't imagine what the atmosphere must have been like on a day where they smashed PSG. It's, it's basically like walking down the strip in like Tenerife. Yeah. I think when, <laughs> I think, cold. I think when like uh, Mika Richards said what he said about, uh, when you say something like that about uh, a, a city like Newcastle, um, I think uh, usually um, people would sort of leap to a, a city's defence and sort of go, well, fine but like it's not just about that and you know this mm. is uh, I'll show you around uh, you know the, the historical sites of Newcastle which is obviously you know one of those richly uh, an exotic uh, exotically hist- historicised historical history I don't know historical, um, uh, in, in the UK and um, but pretty much everyone to a man who lives in Newcastle just went yeah fine <laughs> absolutely fine <laughs> they, weren't bo- they weren't bothered they weren't bothered anyway we can't keep talking about Newcastle however much I would like to uh, Brighton versus Liverpool will be uh, the uh, choice of the Sunday afternoon 2pm match. Uh, Liverpool uh, last night beat Belgian side uh, USG. Uh, That was, I mean, Gil was was all that about then, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, I think that Union Saint-Gilois got everything coming to them that they deserved because they Mm. left Ross Sykes, formerly of Accrington, who scored twice at the weekend on the bench. Why would they do that? Where's the the narrative? Where's the love of narrative? They've got the Luxembourg goalkeeper as well. They do that. Christian Burgess, Portsmouth legend. Yeah, mm. exactly, exactly right. Well, it's, it's remarkable, isn't it, that all these players from like the lower divisions of England end up, you know, well, they, they were last sixteen in the in the Europa yeah, League last yeah. season. Christian Burgess Nearly won the league last two seasons. So Christian Burgess is known as quite an urbane, educated guy. So like famously, when he was starting his career or during his career, he went away and spent his afternoons after training going to get a history degree, right? That's right. the kind of thing he's right. all about. You should go visit Newcastle. It's historically... Historicism. It's historicism. And when he left Portsmouth, which annoyed the shit out of me, he was like, oh yeah, I just want to go and experience something else. I'm going to play at a better level. I think I can go to a different um, town or whatever, different country. And I want him to understand that he's been proven wrong <laughs> by playing on a European night at Anfield. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I like to think that he sort of popped off um, on a ferry. Yeah, maybe. To Never come Maryland. back. Yeah, Never in, in his slippers. Um, I'd like to point out that um, the a lot of people like to say that um, Alexis McAllister's brother, Kevin McAllister, Ugh. is factually named after the Macaulay Culkin character in Home Alone. Is, are you going to uh, mythbust? No, I'm not going to mythbust. Right. I'm going to say that's fine. Apparently his mum loved the film. Right. That's apparently factually true. I think the real story here, though, is that he looks exactly like disgraced sexist comedian Dapper Laughs. Uh, okay, I I would argue that Dapper Laughs has a very footballery face. He does. Think. Yeah, he does. You put Kevin McAllister of Union Saint Gerard in a roll neck and make him <laughs> apologise a lot. Turtle you won't be able to tell a difference. I thought you were going to say the real story is that Alexis isn't called Buzz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. So Kevin's older. So Ooh. um, so his mum loved Home Alone. So she chose their firstborn son, presumably, or an older son than, than Alexis, to be named Kevin after that movie. Mm. So she had the opportunity to name her next son. After any of the the boys in the nineties films, the movie, yeah, mm, well, yeah, but any of the boys in the movie, and she's not, she's not gone for. We've got to go back, Marty McAllister. <laughs> it could have been, could have been there that. You go, Marty. Could have Marty, been yeah, exactly. Marty McAllister. It was a rich time for nineties. Get to the family. chopper, Predator McAllister. Eighties, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't it? So, um, yeah. Jurgen Klopp has obviously been in the news this week because uh, obviously there's just been this massive uh, furore about the uh, decisions and lack of. Uh, last weekend uh, in the in the Spurs match, um, a panel has now decided that Diego Jota's red card was incorrect as well. It just keeps on getting better for the man. It feels like they're they're playing out some kind of negotiated negotiated compromise. Yes, throughout yeah, yeah, the week, yeah. we'll give you a rescinding yeah. of Diego Jota's red card. Will you take that? We are going to arrest you, Donald Trump, but we're not going to take <laughs> a, a mugshot of but you. That's, yeah. the, that's the that's the thing they can't rescind it. It's just Ooh. it's just like a little commentary on it. It's like yeah. when they have they have a similar thing in the NBA where they have uh, a last two minute report on errors that the officials might have made. Right. It's like, oh yeah, that should have happened. Oh, because it's two yellows, they can't do anything about it anyway. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It is essentially a report, isn't it? Yeah. The big, the big... Um, I don't know that we need that. The big problem... <laughs> no. We'll write the report, thank you. The big problematic news is that um, 
it's been reported that Darren England, aka Daz, for those mm. of us who've seen the uh, video, Dazzing. Um, won't be allowed to referee any of Liverpool's games the rest of the season. That is a massive precedent. Yeah, in my that, view. That's absurd. I think that sends completely the wrong message. Totally, it does, yeah. because it, it implies guilt, doesn't yeah. it? Oh, it, it, well, implies it, guilt it implies or guilt or incompetence so bad it might as well be or or some kind of or some kind of conflict of interest. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. 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 So um, I, I can understand why they've made the decision, but it's not a good. It's not the right well, one for the league, is yeah. it? What's to stop um, Manchester United saying, okay, well, we don't want him, 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 or yeah. him? Yeah, you, know, you can't. You can't um, essentially start to cherry pick the games that certain officials can referee or not. Or not, they're 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 either fit to referee games or they are exactly. absolutely exactly. They, they should back him. It, it panders to conspiracy. This is only mm. happening because of the controversy, right? The, the suggestion that he can't be trusted. <laughs> Um, mm. to make correct decisions and you can read that as a, in a number of different ways which is obviously the pressure will be huge on him because of what's happened or that they're listening to angry idiots on Twitter mm. which they absolutely cannot do <laughs> mm. well how do you see this one going I mean Brighton Liverpool Brighton can be got at uh, their goal difference basically says says that uh, but they also score a few goals I could see Liverpool just kind of steamrolling Brighton in this one yeah well actually um, Jurgen Klopp is yet to win over Deftones Roberto deserves it. Uh, <laughs> is that true? Um, yeah. So I think okay. um, I think Brighton have won twice, and the other game was that mad three-all draw at Anfield. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty pretty massive. I mean, and Klopp has tried very hard to stay like calm all week, hasn't he? Mm. Like, try. It's really amazing seeing him trying to keep it all yeah. in. You can just see it bubbling under the surface, can't you? Yeah. He. He. he um. It was the timing of that call for a replay thing, which Andy, you said he didn't actually call for a replay. You said it wasn't like that. Um, do you want to rescind that opinion? No, 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 not really. I, I think, I think for him to put the replay thing out there was yeah, a bit disingenuous, like a bear wandering into a trap after a corned beef sandwich or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> what an image! I, I just, he, he didn't, he didn't actually say we must pursue this avenue, did he? No. Which is, which is. But, 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 I, but, but he was saying he, he, he allowed he allowed that interpretation to make, but you know, it felt which to was me, quite disingenuous. It felt yeah. to me like saying, you know, some people, Jim, think you're annoying. I wouldn't say that, but some <laughs> yeah, people yeah, yeah, say yeah. you are. Like I, I don't actually think you're annoying, Jim. But no, the, some people do. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what he's saying. Oh, maybe, maybe you know, mm. I'm just speaking as a, you know, as, as 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 this person rather than that person. Yeah. The best thing to do might be it's just a load of rhetorical maybe gymnastics. Maybe I'm I'm just great at dancing. Yeah. But you'll never see me do it. <laughs> exactly. Maybe <laughs> someone would say that's the definition of your gentlemanly conduct. You can dance, but you choose not to. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, former Brighton man Dan Burr was asked. Uh, we'll go back to Newcastle briefly. Uh, who got Mbappe's shirt on Wednesday night? He said, "I've got a canny collection." I've got Peter Crouch, Per Mertesacker, and Wayne Routledge. <laughs> they're the only three I've got. I'm happy with them, and I'm on, they're on my wall. To be, to <laughs> Big drop-off. To be fair to him, though, if you put Mbappe up there, that stops being funny. Yeah. Yes. I, I appreciate yeah, 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 that. Yeah, yeah. But the, way, the thing is, the what first we... two are, are of similar size. Yeah. I get it. But how's Routledge getting there? So, do you know what puts in my mind with the players he's listed there? They're just banged into the wall with a nail. One of them has slumped down yeah. in the frame. But, uh, I'll, I'll one of them looks like a baby shirt next to the other two. Do you remember um, Jeremy Mathieu, the French guy who used to play for um, Barcelona? Yeah. When he was at Valencia, French telly uh, went round his house and said, Ooh, oh, French we, telly. Yeah, yeah. we, we want to we see your, your beautiful new life with your massive Spanish back garden and yeah. your kids playing outside and all the rest of it. And the guy said to him, he's very unassuming, Mathieu, you know, sort of walking around in sliders, smoking in the back garden, all this sort of <laughs> business. And uh, the, the TV presenter went, oh, I hear you've got a really uh, amazing like, shirt collection. And he yeah. goes, uh, yeah, I've got a bit of everything. I've got a bit of, got a bit of Messi, got a bit of Ronaldo. And uh, he said, what, can we have a look? And he, yeah, sure. And so you expect him to be taken into a snooker room yeah. with them all yeah, framed yeah, yeah. on the wall. He goes into like the, the utility room <laughs> and on top of his washing machine, there's a cardboard <laughs> box with all these shirts. Stuffed in. They're not even folded. And he just starts pulling them out. And he, they must stink. He goes, yeah. Stink. Yeah, there's a messy Barcelona one. He just scrunches it up, puts it back in. <laughs> I know moths, moths don't go for synthetic fibres, but you'd be annoyed if like, they got, got hold of like the collar oh, or something, Pete, wouldn't you? If you were a footballer <laughs> and you kept other people's shirts, they'd be in the, 100% in the back of your car for about three years. <laughs> they'd be in the boot. He'd, he'd wear them to training. Yeah, he He's would. He's got yeah. a knock-off Corinthian centenary <gasps> shirt on now. Oh, sorry. It is a knock-off as well. It is a knock-off yeah. as well, but it's a good knock-off. Yeah. It's for, a great knock-off. For legends. <laughs> uh, West Ham brought the record for the most European matches without defeat by an English side. Very stealthy little fact that uh, after Bill beating uh, Freiburg uh, 2-1, that's now 17 games 
unbeaten, overtaking Pep Guardiola's Manchester City. Uh, Don Revy's 1960s elite side and uh, Bill Nicholson's 1970s Spurs team were all managed 16. Tivin Moyes before the game said, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> he, also, he also took it very personally when Archie Rinter... Um, of this parish mm. asked him about how pleased he was that Gerard Bowen had been called up for England again. Yeah. Wait, did, right. He didn't even ask him that. He said, uh, he's been called up for England. What do you think his qualities are? And he's like, not well, so I don't well. want to speak out about England. It's just about West Ham. Stick to the West Ham questions. Do you yeah. think he said... Just answer the West Ham bit then. Yeah. And so he just asked him the same question. Archie kept his nerve very well. He, he asked him the same question but took off the England bit. And then he answered it fine. <laughs> I, I think I think that... Um, a little I bit think, Scottish kind of rivalry there, yes, I think. Yeah. Yes. I mean, first of all, I think that um, what West Ham have done in Europe is a, it's an amazing record. That's mm, an yeah. amazing... Achievement. European should, powerhouse at the moment. They should be they should be absolutely credited for that mm. for sure. But I also think that David Moyes, whether he likes it, you know, he's, whether we like it or not, is just Scottish to his core. Yeah, and so I don't want to answer another fucking question about England. This <laughs> part of that, but also I, I sense that you know we've, we're in a situation now where most Premier League managers are quite strange, sort of eccentric within the yeah. sort of football sphere. Yeah, David Moyes is now, as we've acknowledged already. A European powerhouse is, mm. is stuck around for a long time. He's very doing cosmopolitan really, really well. guy. Yeah, sure has reinvented He's getting himself. a little bit weirder. Yeah. Yeah. Subtly yeah, yeah, yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. going to have a problem with this guy for absolutely no reason. Over to you, Gary O'Neill. Now you become a bit weird. Yeah. Next time, David Moyes will take the whole packet of crisps. Yeah, exactly. He? And he'll call he's, him patatas fritter. He's, he's sort of, he's spent so much time on mainland Europe. He's, uh, he's, he's sort of become a bit of an expat. And you know, like expats mm. when they live away for too long and yeah. they go a bit mad. Yeah. Because no one goes... Sorry, you're being weird. Yeah. Or someone <laughs> no. like Ray Winstone in Sexy Beast. Yes, yeah. exactly. Beautiful. Oh, what a movie. What a movie. David, what a look. The first thing I thought of when you when you cast David Moyes in Sexy Beast there was just sunburn. Yes. He's getting sunburn. Yes. It's, yes. It's, yes. Ray Winstone's tan in that movie is sensational. Moyes is going red and he's peeling. If you describe the sun to David Moyes, he, uh, he starts to peel. <laughs> yes. uh, so, uh, he opens the fridge, he gets sunburn. <laughs> also on Sunday, Wolves versus Aston Villa. Aston Villa beats uh, Zerinsky Mostar 1-0, thanks to a 94th minute winner from John McGinn. Ollie Watkins said, well, basically, uh, it wasn't very watchable. As a fan, watching it probably wasn't very exciting. No, I think this might go down. As, and I'm happy to take invitation from uh, other suggestions. Mm. I think this might have been the most forgettable game in football history. Do you reckon? <laughs> Aston Villa won, Zrinski Mostar nil. They yeah. got the job done. And this well, is exactly. Exactly. If, right. it, if it's a draw, it's a story. If it's a defeat, it's a story. This it's, is incredibly dull. The mm. only, they're the only three. Well, really, the only two ways it becomes a massive story is Aston Villa win about ten nil. <laughs> or Zerinsky Mostar somehow win. Andy, you're about to tell me they're a really exciting young up and coming side and they might do well in Europe. Well, no, they're, they're the second biggest club in Mostar. There we go. You know, <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's remarkable, really. It would have been an incredible result for them, but it would have been a really dreadful one for Villa because if you think, if Villa, who, as I flagged at the beginning, you know, they're going to have to try to not win this competition, basically, <laughs> they would have ended up with like, one point from the first two games, mm, which yeah. is not... an irretrievable situation but it's not a good one either, it does affect it? your league form as well though, doesn't it Getting having underwhelming experiences elsewhere yeah I, th I, th I think it probably does I mean if you think they've been knocked out of the Carabao Cup as well by mm. Everton as mm. well yeah. uh, at home it's, it's so hard to really pin where Villa's season mm. is because it's either been going spectacularly well or spectacularly badly hasn't it <laughs> well I, th I think I think they're doing quietly quite well I think I think for me they they you know they're up in fifth. They've lost one of their last six in the league. They've won mm. every other game, mm. and the games um, they lost were Newcastle and Liverpool as well, which is you know. And that was on the opening day, yeah. And so you can kind of write that off. I was mm. on the opening day. Both, both real hidings, though. True, yeah. true. I think the only thing you can say about Villa is they they look like they might be conceding too many goals. Yeah, I, I think that's the that's the thing that concerns me about them because you know you know the talents there, but you expect something a, a little bit more of a boring straight line under. Unai Emery. Mm. See, this is the sort of win that he'll probably lap up. But when you're yeah. winning 6-1 one week and losing 5-1 another week, that's not Emery at all, is it? But I think if you look at it now, though, I mean, if, if they if they are able to beat Wolves this weekend, given mm. who the other teams are playing, I mean, Man City, um, it's Man City and Arsenal playing each other, aren't they? So if, if Villa win that game, they're going to find themselves in the top four after eight games. Mm. You can't really argue with that. Yeah, that's, that's pretty yeah. amazing. Well, compounding the misery or jubilation, depending on whether you're Andy or Luke, uh, Prince William went into the dressing room to talk to the Villa players after that match. What's that got to do with me? 
What do you mean? Compound the misery of... What do you mean? <laughs> well, Am you, I a Prince William you're fan? You're at odds. Oh, no, I'm not talking about Prince William being something that makes you miserable, but it's just, it is just a bit like, oh, this now, I wanted to go home. Yeah, I think I'm very... I, I, can, I don't think I can think of anyone I'm more indifferent to than Prince William. Yeah, it's mm. true, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But all right. Was he the one who kept forgetting what team he supported, or is that no? No, David Cameron. David Cameron. Right. To be fair to Prince William, David Cameron and Tom Hanks aren't doing this, are they? No, They're not exactly. going into the point. Point. I, I, I think I'm right in saying Prince William is genuinely a football fan. It seems like David way, yeah. Cameron. He's president of the FA, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. David Cameron got confused at the Conservative Party conference that he might have supported West Ham. Mm. I mean, because they... He's, he's, they not, the he's not even John Thompson off the fast show, is he? <laughs> no, he's, not, he's not even Osama Bin Laden, the Arsenal fan. <laughs> uh, well, things are a lot different at Villa since the last time they were in a European final under John Gregory 22 years ago. Luke, would you like to read the extract? You've got uh, a lovely speaking voice. I've got it up on my screen, oh, exactly for that reason. So John Gregory um, said, um, when when I, I guess it was Aston Villa in the, in the Inter-Toto Cup mm. final, I suppose. Mm. It would have been 22 years ago. Um, things were very different apparently from, from the last time Villa were doing stomach in Europe and John Gregory picks up the story and says I wanted to sign Ruud van Nistelrooy but there was no way Doug was going to pay £19 million that's Doug Ellis of course famous deadly Doug the old Aston Villa chairman which is what Manchester United paid for him we had a great team and I really thought we could push on and try to qualify for the Champions League and then challenge for the title but I could never drag Doug along the club used to put out Aston Villa chocolates in the hospitality suites at Villa Park, which were wrapped in claret and blue foil. The best before date on them was 2000, written on the back in gold writing. I remember Doug getting one of the interns to change the date on them all in a gold pen to 2002, so we didn't have to throw them away and buy new ones. There was another instance where a couple of the youth players had groin surgery and it was going to cost Villa about £700 on top of the insurance cover. Doug managed to convince the surgeon to drop his invoice so the insurance covered the entire cost and he was dancing around his office celebrating. United <laughs> were signing Ruud van Nistelrooy and on the same day we were changing the best before dates on chocolates and saving a few hundred quid on operations for the players. I mean, oh, is yeah. there a single element of that story that doesn't sound apocryphal? No, probably not, but yeah, it's good. Yeah. You, and, and Doug's not around to defend himself anymore, of course. No. And, and how, do you, how do you change zero to a two? One it's might ask. difficult, isn't it? On foil. On foil On something well. that's like a, a centimetre and a half wide. Mm. That doesn't mean he didn't ask them to do it. That's that true. Yeah, he could... Problem, yeah, okay. <laughs> Doug, Doug, Show some problem. initiative. The, yeah. Deadly Doug died in 2018 at the tender age of 94. That's a good innings. However, very, very however good. you... Or maybe he was actually 92 and he's changed it. Um, <laughs> all right, we'll be back in a short while uh, with a cracking uh, bit of commentary from a QPR man. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All 
you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash ramble. just helps it past him. Oh, there's no touch. It's a diving cheat. Bamford. Bamford, Bamford the cheat, will take the free kick. QPR <laughs> 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 commentator there on Patrick Bamford this week. Thank you very much to BBC commentator Robin Cowan for uh, tagging us in this one. It is a doozy. <laughs> it's always pleasing when a proper professional broadcaster likes the show. Yeah. yeah. They, they didn't feeling. say that. <laughs> no. Well, she's obviously very good and she's taking the time to, to make us aware of this which is very nice of her good stuff well yeah. welcome back to the football ramble uh, Sunday another match on Sunday uh, up as for Arsenal versus uh, Man City obviously the thigh rubber are we still thigh rubbing in 2023 so. you yeah. can thigh rub if you, you want thigh rub if you want yeah, uh, last, you're among friends here last season's runners up take on the defending champions it's going to be a good match Andy where did you see this one going with Saka possibly out possibly not out definitely out um, I think he'll start oh good <laughs> <laughs> Don't know for sure, but I think it would be unusual for him to be in the England squad if uh, he wasn't right. fit. Do you not think that um, they should protect Saka a bit more? Uh, yes, is the short <laughs> answer to that. Oh, that's the other thing that Arsenal fans go mentally about on Twitter, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's the thing this week. Yeah. Saka getting played too Saka much. Saka getting played too much. Right. But I, I don't no, no, think um, Saka not getting protected by referees generally. Is what uh, yeah, I mean, right. I, it's, I don't think that's completely unreasonable, though. He gets kicked about a lot. A, a lot of players in that Arsenal position fan, do. Yeah, but I'm he not has, on Twitter. That's true. <laughs> this is a real conversation. He has, he has perhaps true. taken measures to defend himself in the past, it is fair to say. Um, I, think, I think I'm not casting aspersions on... Certainly not on Jim and, and not on some of the Arsenal fans on Twitter, although I am casting aspersions very much on some of them. Um, <laughs> I think every player thinks their most skillful, you know, kind of attention-grabbing player gets fouled too much. Yes. That's always mm. been a thing. Yeah. I'm just mm. saying that. That's always a bit of context. Mm. Um, Opta seem to think that Saka isn't going to start. Um, I don't know how serious his injury is. Um, they've, they said that Trossard might start instead. So um, I think that would be yeah. the sensible thing to do. Yeah, I just feel like against Manchester City, I don't know if you can really get away with having someone who isn't right at it. Trossard has only played on the right, I think, once, from what I can remember. But the, I, I suspect it will be Jesus on the right, Averts up top, because that worked pretty well against City in the um, community chest all those months ago. Yeah. Um, and possibly Trossard on the left, but we'll see. Okay, interesting. I mean, it's going to be, be a fascinating game. And I think that, you know, what's interesting about this is last season, these, these games between these two teams were basically pitched as like title deciders, yeah. right? And, and then Man City won the title by five points, and they won both of those games. So it's, it's huge. Which it's fantastic that Arsenal are going to win this on Sunday. But, but people aren't going to say that though, are they? People aren't going to say that it's going to matter for the title race. I think so. Yeah, amongst my Arsenal supporting friends, we've been we've been talking about that. It's absolutely huge. For, aside from the context of the game itself, because it's obviously important to, um, to to keep your own points coming in and take points off of the teams you consider your rivals. At this point in the se- season, it's not going to be too long before a pack pulls away, mm. and you have to be in it. You absolutely have to be mm. in it. You can't be playing catch-up, really, yeah. um, because it's harder and harder, especially with, with the team like City, because they just grind out wins. They are so mentally strong, you know that they aren't going to slip up. So a win is really, really important here. It doesn't mean you know that if, uh, if they don't get the win, that it's an absolute disaster, but it's really, really important. It's a final hurdle, not a final hurdle, but another big hurdle they have to overcome, which is beating City. They've not beaten them in the league since 2015, I think wow. it is, which is massive. And when you say they're mentally strong, you actually mean they're mentally strong. Yeah, but also <laughs> that strength is mental. They're without Rodri. They're obviously without Kevin De Bruyne, who's yeah. been a thorn in Arsenal's side many, many times. So it's more of a deal for them to win this because they lost the last league game at Wolves as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, or, or, or to get something from it. Mm. I think you could easily brush it off if it's just a single game that they didn't win. But it, it feels like they need to come back and have a go. But I, I think the way they finish that game in in Leipzig in the week like sets them up quite quite nicely as well mm. you know you do look at the I mean obviously the options they've got are always fantastic but particularly the attacking ones they've got to change the game now yeah. I think are particularly interesting I, I wanted to just say a quick thing on Arsenal if I could and I don't mean this to be deliberately pr- provocative but if you look at Arsenal got 84 points last season right um, Arsenal to to be to, 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 to win the league title they realistically need to go again yeah. and improve on that. I think the only season in recent years that to make it relevant 
where a team has, has, I think, 86 points has been the lowest total to win the league for a while. Right. For a good while. And obviously, it's been up there at 99 points yeah, or whatever yeah. beyond that. And that's that's a huge difference. Um, I think Arsenal need to show that they can not only um, improve, but they can show that that 84-point season last season was a platform rather than an anomaly. Absolutely. And an obvious area of improvement would be beating a Man City at home. Oh, based completely. On what you said, yeah. And it's interesting how there's a sense that Arsenal haven't really got going yet, but they've still they're still unbeaten in the league. Yeah, and you know the drop points against Tottenham and Fulham were frustrating, but it's still you know a really really good start compared to most of the post Wenger years. So the, I think the expectation has risen, and therefore the the credit comes harder. And and this is a great opportunity to do <laughs> yeah, that. It's also going to be a sort of fascinating game to watch in terms of how these teams usually line up as well, because as you say, without Rodri, without De Bruyne, Man City's midfield will be a, a little bit different. They often dominate games from that area. A lot of Arsenal's creativity comes from Saka and Martinelli on the flanks. Now, we don't know if Saka will start. We definitely know that Martinelli won't. So that's going to be a little bit different as well. So I think it's going to be a, a big part of this game is going to be how the coaches tailor their teams to account for the opposition while not exactly knowing what they're going to do. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm going. I'm looking forward to it. Good. Oh, mm. you're going to miss out on the new camera angle at Sky Sports. I am, yeah. They've got a new innovative uh, camera angle uh, called Game Mode. And it's going to track action from side to side in line with the player, just like a football video game. Yeah, uh, which makes me sound about 100 years old. Uh, but uh, <laughs> is that going to be like on a little train? They should track us. So, yeah, it's going to be on a rail. They should, wow. re- they should rename it. Please watch Sky Sports, young people. <laughs> yeah. Please, please, young people, watch it. Don't just watch it on TikTok. Yeah, just, exactly. Don't just watch the goals and the skills on TikTok. Please watch the whole game. I, I find watching um, portrait-oriented um, football action quite difficult because obviously they've got a motion track the ball and it just. It's so, so herky-jerky. It's almost like it's not designed not to be designed watched. To be watched that, but you yeah. know, what, I, what I would say is this. I liked it when, I forget who did it. It might have been in the World Cup where they trialled that view from behind for penalties. Right. I thought that was a far better way of showing penalties mm. than the mm. side-on view. And that obviously comes from heavily influenced from, from FIFA and from mm. video games and stuff. So I'll, I'll be interested to see what it looks like. Yeah. I think it might be jarring just chiefly because we've spent so much of our time watching football in a certain way, mm. people of our generation anyway. So, but it's an interesting thing. You've got, you've got to innovate. You've got, you've got to change it up. Yeah, I mean, I mean to be fair, TNT during the week had a bit of trouble with the um, flags uh, getting in the way of the hard camera, like their their main camera, their second camera, because uh, people were waving the flags. Like you literally couldn't see what was going on because yeah. so they had to go for like like either massive drone shots or really low down. That was surprising uh, because because those flags were there forty eight hours before the game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, and so when it was being rigged, the flags were always there. Yeah, I mean we saw them when we when we recorded the show from St Joe's Park the day before. They were already in the seats. Only so much you can do though, presumably yeah. with a camera angle. Yeah. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic uh, has spoken about his troubled relationship with Pep Guardiola at uh, Barcelona uh, in an interview with Piers Morgan. Very, like Zlatan on Piers Morgan, like it, mm. Piers Morgan, he's he's a bit of a yesterday's man. His references are all quite dated, a bit rich, uh, <laughs> but. You sort of look at him and sort of go, that, like Zlatan's the perfect kind of character to be interviewed by Piers Morgan. It's, it's the match made in heaven. I mean, yeah, really, yeah. this should be a three-week residency in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, Andy hates Zlatan these days, don't you? You hate his opinions. No, I, his opinions are rubbish, but they've always been rubbish. Okay, yeah, right. Fair. Uh, well, apparently, uh, Pep said to uh, said to Zlatan after he parked his uh, Ferrari outside Pep's office, remember, the players here do not come with Ferraris. So what did I do? Of course, I brought my fucking Ferrari. I yelled, you haven't got any balls and worse than that I added you can go to hell why is that worse yeah and why <laughs> if you're a God-fearing man I suppose isn't it who's Latin appealing to with these kind of stories on the Piers Ferrari the Ferrari owning community well I mean, I mean it's, it's a very middle aged man but of course when he made these comments to Guardiola he very much wasn't a middle aged man no, That's he true. wasn't. Yeah, yeah good is, point. Yeah. Is, is, is interesting. I mean, all, all his opinions, as you were referring to before, like his opinions on United about people should stop complaining about the Glazers, people yeah. shouldn't bring politics into football. Ugh. It's all very, it's like he retired five years ago, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's, well, it's interesting. Middle age must have hit him like a ton of bricks because while you're a footballer, it's very much a young man's game, right? You get mm. all that adulation. Yeah, he's not like the same age as us. Hierarchy. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Then suddenly you stop and you're just a 40 year old bloke. So <laughs> yeah. it's just settling oh, no. in. <laughs> I think also, you know, I mean, if if Piers Morgan 
and Zlatan can't rescue Talk TV's ratings. I think it's destined for... <laughs> as soon as Rupert Murdoch dies, Talk TV will die. Well, Is it on Talk TV? Presumably it was. Uh, yeah. It must have been, so, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, you know, one man who we've lost to Talk TV is Marcus Speller, who isn't here today. <laughs> uh, Gareth Southgate's Naughty. latest squad was announced for the friendly against Australia. Uh, and is Marcus Euros- not on the show today because he's been chopping down ULES cameras? <laughs> <laughs> he's helping Blade out. Runner. He's helping out that weird vicar. Um, <laughs> yeah. Southgate's latest squad was announced for the friendly against Australia and Euros qualifying clash uh, with Italy. Hazard McWaza is in the squad. It's what you like to see, Jim. Of course he is. His first name on the team sheet. They print it with his name on it and they write everyone else on it. Maybe maybe they just printed out a load and and they were like, oh, we've left that name in and we can't get rid of it. We're not wasting paper. It's a mistake this time. As Marcus said on the WhatsApp group when every single one of us just went, why is Harry Maguire in there? Marcus went, he knows the country. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, John Henderson is in there. Always nice to see. Uh, And uh, Calvin Phillips with no place for JWP. James Ward. Yeah, which is kind of strange because Southgate has picked him before yeah. when he's been playing a lot worse than he's playing yeah. now. And, <laughs> and James Ward-Prowse could probably legitimately sit around and go, look, what more do I have to yeah. do here? Given yeah. that Very good start to the season. Brilliant mm-hmm. start to the season. I think he's scored and assisted in almost every single game, if mm. not every single game. Mm. Henderson's playing out in... Um, in um, Saudi Arabia, as we've talked about. We don't to do people. that again. Though I did read this morning that, um, and I've only just seen the headline, so I can't shed any light on this. The Guardian ran with a headline in one of their articles today saying Jordan Henderson backs Saudi Arabia's 2034 uh-huh. World Cup bid. Yeah, well, is it a bid when they're definitely going to get it? Well, he did, he yeah, did I mean, on, a, on, a, on a tweet, didn't he? He, right, did, okay. he, did a little, he did a little video for it after yeah. having told Adam Crafton at The Athletic that no, I've, I've not been paid to promote uh, any Saudi... World Cup bid or promote well, so you're doing it for free then Jordan yeah. well, presumably <laughs> presumably yeah. I also think is I mean I, I, I'm saying this under advice because uh, I saw just how many of his goal kicks were poor on Wednesday mm. Nick Pope not in there Champions League goalkeeper yeah played I mean, in the squad before it seemed to, that seemed to be deli- deliberate though Shanks because uh, Dan Byrne was quite high up in the field and he, he was yeah man. Mm. so I think they, they were deliberate but yeah not particularly well executed was he trying to get them out of the stadium just to <laughs> waste time <laughs> yes, yeah maybe, maybe he, was. he was but so I think I think you know, we can always I mean we tend to always kind of criticise um, you know, people that, should, that aren't in there that should be or you know what's, mm. what's Southgate doing and stuff I do think it's getting to the point now where it's particularly obtuse yeah, yeah. Maguire's in there yeah, Doubled. he's doubling Doon. Well. He's doubling Yeah, and because and, and, what you've got to look at about it, look at it is this, right? England are playing, you know, a, a game, a friendly against Australia, and they've got a qualifying match against um, Italy, right? England are in great shape in the group, etc., etc. You know, is Harry Maguire realistically going to be someone who's going to make a contribution at the next tournament you play at? Because it's not a huge amount of games between now mm-hmm. and then, because there never is it international football. Um, Harry Maguire isn't getting into a team. United that are, are on fire who are historically are on fire yeah, they're historically bad they're historically bad yeah. and Ten Hag isn't even considering now you could all, okay you could almost say fine sometimes players aren't fancied by managers yeah. or whatever but we can see the obvious shortcomings to the game and mm. all the rest of it I, I just yeah. think it's a little bit fucking silly I would even now play just a young player just get a young mm. player and call him mm. up and give him some experience because you never know when you're going to need him I know he's picked um, yeah. Levi Colwell who played very well against Fulham um, when we saw him on Monday but I mean, he's just not going to get his chance. It right? just seems strange. It just seems yeah. strange. Pete, you've often said that you know when, when someone says, "Oh, that person should be in the squad," then you need to name the person who should be in instead of them. I think Esri Konsa in particular must be absolutely mm. kicking himself that he's not getting a chance, and, and Maguire is still in there. And it kicking does imply hell. It, it won't. Maybe that's a problem. Um, <laughs> so that that is does, what Maguire that does do. Does imply that? Yeah, <laughs> it does imply that Maguire will will be in the squad for the Euros whatever happens doesn't it yeah, it we're does. this far down yeah. the line and I understand yeah. that he likes his consistency but I do I think you're right I think it's just getting a little bit silly at this point I feel for Ward Prowse as well I understand Calvin Phillips being in there because he's not playing and you, you might argue that it's a comparable situation to um, to Maguire but again as Marcus points out he is kind of the only player who plays in that pivot role there isn't really yeah. an, there isn't really a direct um, replacement mm. that that plays in the same way, so I understand that. I, I think, think there I do are two ways. Ward-Prowse, though. That, Maybe that, same Gallagher's. You know, I, I would I would have swapped Ward Prowse for Gallagher. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, I think with Phillips, there, there there are two things. Firstly, his position probably requires the least running of any on the pitch, apart from the goalkeeper. Mm. And and secondly, 
he's not played enough to play badly. So we can't really strictly compare him <laughs> yeah. to Harry Maguire, can we? And he was really good in the last um, in the last set. I mean, yeah, he was. He was. Yeah. Ollie Watkins has been recalled uh, after Gareth watched him uh, score a hat trick against Brighton. Jared Bowen's in there as well. Callum Wilson is unfortunately out injured. So mm. He's not going to add to his um, rather small amount of caps. Happy for Watkins. I think Watkins. Um, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see if he and Kane ever share a pitch together because Watkins mm. is particularly good at running onto to balls yeah. and, and in 1v1 situations and as we know Kane is really good at dropping back and pinging in that exact ball mm. so that could be a very useful weapon if yeah, ever needed I, I think um, I think if England want to have um, realistic you know, realistic kind of eyes on winning a tournament you know looks like going forward they're actually really good mm. like they've got a lot of quality and whether Southgate can blend them to get them to be effective or not is obviously a different question we don't know that um, his record in tournaments is good, you know, despite what people say. But defensively, they look a bit short, which is a real shame because you've got two great right-backs in there in the shape of Walker and Trippier who are playing at the very top level and playing really well. And there are some exciting young centre-backs available that just don't seem to get as many opportunities, like Tamore, like Gay, mm. like Colwell, um, etc. So maybe there is still time. Um, if Marcus was here, he would um, he would be shouting about how we're all wrong about... Yeah. 15 of these points but he's not he's not yeah. so get fucked Spurs. long yeah. live the new king uh, Luke it's time for the Rambalaka with Betfair oh yes it is, it is give indeed. us it give it give it alright I will if you let me and with Betfair you can build your football accumulators this season with a 90 minute payout where all winning selections will be paid out at 90 minutes on their match odds 90 markets, regardless of what happens in added time. And this weekend, you can also get a completely free ACA on the football. So today and every Friday, each of us will choose our own weekend Premier League game and build an ACA of four match odds 90 bets. Pete, you are in the Marcus seat this week, I am. so you kick us off. Well, I've inherited Marcus's pick, uh, if I'm completely honest with myself. Uh, he's, uh, he's gone for West Ham versus Newcastle. Uh, West Ham to win. Which is not something I would endorse, obviously, naturally, Luke. But no, I can see where he's coming from on this one because could be after uh, the Lord Mayor's show. After the Lord Mayor's show, all that stuff. Say. It would be just my luck to get a ticket for this. Uh, for this is just down the going? road in, in, in Essex. Yeah, if I get a ticket, I, I, sh- I shouldn't have uh, much bother, I think. Um, but uh, it'll just be my luck to miss an epoch-defining performance in the Champions League. Uh, only to see them bomb out at one 0 oh, or something. Why are you paying four quid for a Twix? Yes. So Pete's um, water coming off the top of the concession. Stand. So Pete's backed West Ham to beat his own team, Newcastle. Yeah. Good to know. You've, would, you, would you be interested though? You've got one out of three correct so far. Uh, that's a not bad hit rate for me, to be honest. I'm happy with that. Thirty-three yeah. percent. Um, Jim, uh, I've gone for Man United to beat Brentford. They're Mad. at home. I think you, you say that, but I think there's a sense that. Often when a club are in crisis, they pick up a little win like this here and there and just no one sort of really cares about it because you think there's going to be another hump on the horizon. There's also a sense that it can't get worse than this. It just can't. <laughs> and you've got you've got three out of six right three so far. Three out of six, exactly the same win rate. So um, we'll see, won't we? We'll see. But I think Man United will put this away. I don't think it will necessarily be convincing. Ugh. But yeah, I'm going to go for Man United to beat Brentford. So you've got a 50% win rate, Jim. Pete's got a 33% win rate, so you're doing much better than Pete. That's so true, far. yeah. Oh, um, fuck off, Pete. There you go. <laughs> um, so that's Not Manchester United and West Ham both to win. Uh, Andy. Manchester City to win at Arsenal. Go big Oof. or go home is my philosophy. Is that big? <laughs> Jim? Go big-ish. Yeah, I've already told him that Arsenal are going to win. Yeah, exactly. So, so, yeah, should listen should you're listen. pretty silly on Sunday, yeah, Andy. Educate yourself, Andy. Yeah, you've also got... Um, yeah, you shouldn't take advice. You should take time to educate yourself about yeah. how inappropriate that is. Exactly. Um, Julian Alvarez is going to win this game for Manchester City. Julian Alvarez, I told you, he's the earth of the solar system. Mm. If you haven't listened to that back, a very confusing metaphor that I used. <laughs> and partly because Andy was late. stopping me and it was very late. Yeah. Um, anyway, Man City to beat Arsenal. So Andy, you also got a 50% win ratio, three out of, three out of six. Um uh, I've gone for Everton to beat Bournemouth. I understand Everton are quite bad, um, but Bournemouth are also like surprisingly bad. Nuclear bad. People yeah. haven't talked about mm. them that much, but they are pretty bad. So I've gone for Everton to beat Bournemouth. I've got two out of five correct so far. I can't work out what that is. A 40% win rate, I think. Um, yeah, three, three, yeah, 40% win rate. And Marcus has currently got the best record with five out of seven. Mm. Um, but in summary, West Ham to win, Man United to win, Man City to win, Everton to win. A £10 bet with Betfair on that returns £211.16. And if we win, all that money will go to Prostate Cancer UK. Plus, for every stoppage time, go on the Premier League this weekend. Betfair will donate £10 to Prostate Cancer UK. And we've raised quite a lot of money already, which is great. Uh, remember, with Betfair this season, when you place a bet on their match, or 90 markets, your winning bet will be paid out in full 
at 90 minutes. And importantly, any bets that are winning at 90 minutes but are then undone by stoppage time drama will not be affected. And that is, of course, the same for our Ramblacker every week. Um, Opt-in required. Max free bet varies from £1 to £10 per customer. Minimum combined odds of 1.5. T's and C's apply. 18 plus only. And for more information on responsible gambling, visit begamblerware.org. Dean Smith also says you're an encyclopedia of football. A what? An encyclopedia of football. I don't know what that means. Oh, what? Uh, Jack's Encyclopedia with Luke. What you, did you just sing your belt? Yeah. Getting ready for yeah. dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Winning dinner. Uh, Trivia dinner. <laughs> Trivia dinner. Uh, it's a simple game of categories. If you go too slow, you're going to be hearing Gary Neville's orgasm, which will leave you seven seconds. Marcus is the lineal champion, so no one can take that belt for, from him. Uh, but Andy can overtake him to go top of the tree, top of the table. Okay. It's so Andy. big. Because Andy, I think, flats to deceive. I said he had last season. On this, on this uh, little, yes. little, little, little game. I, I, I think see, being across the table from Andy and seeing him stumped early on one of these yeah. is up there with Thrilling. the most electrifying moments in sports, sports, <laughs> sports entertainment. It's like a VAR check. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a rock people's elbow. <laughs> <laughs> Andy has three um, officials talking to each other in his head. <laughs> <laughs> say, say Mark Hottiger. Yeah. No, it's not Mark Hottiger. <laughs> right, okay. Kicking off uh, with you, Lukey Miller. Yeah, when right, he, when he gets one right, he goes, good process. Good process, <laughs> <laughs> good process Andy. Good process. Uh, we're going to kick things off with you Luke uh, the 20 goalkeepers with the most clean sheets in the Champions League history uh, the 20 goalkeepers with most clean sheets in Champions League history uh, Gigi Buffon Gigi Buffon 52 I'll go for Petr Cech Petr Cech 49 Iker Casillas Casillas where are we Ooh, 59 oh dear oh dear oh dear okay. oh dear um what about um Oh It's Torres to give Chelsea Peter Schmeichel. Oh, I like it, but it ain't there, unfortunately. <laughs> Leaky at the back, it seems. Probably didn't play for long enough to be honest. No, mm. fair. Uh right, uh Jimothy? Manuel Neuer. Manuel Neuer. Fuck, why didn't I go for that? He's in there. For- Idiot. 54. Andy, you're still in the game and Victor Valdez. Oh, he's got 45, hasn't he? Lovely. Oliver Kahn? Oliver Kahn, 34. Ooh, nice. I like it. Thibaut Courtois. It's oh, 29, 28. <laughs> I mean, I got excited and said the wrong number. Uh, Jim? Edwin van der Sar. Edwin van der Sar, 51. Oh, I like it. Delicious. Jim, you're going toe-to-toe here, mate. It's you nice are. To see. I like it. Dina. Oh, 34. It's Vita Bayer. Oh, that's a very good one. 31. Excellent. Very, how many, how many very are left? There can't be that many left. There's quite a few. Probably yeah. about seven left. Seven left. I caught me on that. Because I can't fucking count. <laughs> I think going up against Andy in this kind of subject is amazing. Yeah. It's Torres oh! to give Chelsea a place in the Champions League. Jersey Dudek. Yes, Jim. Yes. You don't need to Jim. get one. You've got a point. Good yeah. stuff. Woo. You could have had Alison, Edison, Fabian Bartes, Jan Oblak, uh, Jens Lehmann with 23, oh, Kaelon Navas with 22, Pepe Reina with 24. He's been around a long time. Santiago Canazares uh, for 28. And Chesney at 24. I had Lehmann written down. Yeah. Didn't yeah. say it. I had nice. Lehmann in, in yeah. back stuff. pocket, but wasn't sure about it. That's all of those were gettable. That was a really good one. Yeah. 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 Nice. Jim, nice, well nice. done. It's a great point. Thanks. Lovely really stuff, Jim. All right. Now, on to the next round. We're going to kick things off with uh, the uh, winner of that round. Mr. Jim Campbell, the 14 tallest ever Premier League players. Nice! 14. All heights as per transfer marked and uh, only counts if they made an appearance. The 14 tallest ever Premier League players. Let's be having you, Jim Campbell. Oh, Pantillamon, the Man City goalkeeper. I can't remember his first name. <laughs> Can I have it? Um, He's a gigantic and the tallest on our list. Uh, 203 centimetres. What's his first name? Costell. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. You can have that. You can have that. That's fine. Petter Crouch. Petter <laughs> Crouch. 2002, 2002 centimetres. Wow. Uh, 202 <laughs> centimetres, correct. Is this going to be goalkeeper heavy, do we reckon? Yeah, I mean, we think so. I don't know, you? man. I'm going to have to go for uh, Big Dan Burn. Big Dan Burn. BDB. 201, baby. Really, really good one. Beautiful. Uh, oh, this is a tough one. Horses. <laughs> um, you can't have horses, Jim. Can't have horses. No, can't have any horses. It's Torres. Oh, oh shit. Uh, Paul Dickov. 
Nice guess. Uh, Andy. Tibor Courtois again. Tibor Courtois again. Lovely. 200 centimetres. So I'm kind of torn here between going for a, just a, a goalkeeper I know to be tall. Yeah. Or, um, you know what? I'm going to go for Papa Booba Diop. Papa Booba Diop. No. Unlucky. Andy gets a point. Andy, congratulations. Yeah, well Beautiful, beautiful. Do you want to hear the... Uh, I'd love to. It's a great definitely. category. The big long lads of the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. uh, Fraser Foster, the Shanker. Uh, Ian Fuhr. Yeah, Fuhr? don't know who that yeah. is. Uh, yeah. Kiel Sherpin. Don't know who that is. Lucina Traore. Okay. Lucina Traore. Uh, Lars Lees. <laughs> don't know who that is either. <laughs> the least best mentioned one. Uh, Nicola Zigic. Uh, Paul oh, Zigic. Yeah. 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 Paul Onowochu. Gonna watch you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sasa Kalajic, uh, Kalajic. Oh, Jesus Christ, these these names. Sasa Kalajic, Kalajic, Place for Wolves. Kalajic, yeah. Kalajic, 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 Kalajic. Cut your losses. Like give a Marcus back. Kalajic, yeah. I can't say it. Kalajic. I can't say it though. Okay. Even if we start again. Interestingly, is Mertesacker on there? Is Per Mertesacker in there? No, he's not. Oh, is, wow. is, 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 is Sasa Kalazic in there? Yes, he is in there. Stefan Meyerhofer, Stefan Postma, and that's your fucking lot. All wow, right? Wow. Uh, much okay. harder than I thought it would much be. Much harder than it should have been, really. Uh, right, round number three, kicking things off with uh, Andy. A chance to grab the whole thing uh, to your bosom. The 11 smallest ever Premier League players. Is it really? Oh, yes. All heights as per transfer market uh, and only counts of the maiden appearance. The 11 smallest ever Premier League players. And you would imagine these are probably better known. Because they were probably more successful, yeah, possibly. Maybe, yeah, it's probably... Yeah. yeah, I don't know, maybe. I'd have that. Um, Only because I know f- the list. <laughs> Andy, you're first. Jose Dominguez. Oh. Jose Diminutive. Oh. Only played Champo. Did he only play Champo? I don't know. I would have had him in there. I would have I would have picked him as well. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, just because it's cheeky, I'm going to go for Paul Dickoff. <laughs> oh, can't be the tallest that, which means that wasn't as good a joke as you thought yeah, no, indeed. Exactly. Um, Sean Wright Phillips Sean Wright Phillips is not in there so we're all back in we're all back, all in. back in lovely stuff Andy, okay, Andy gives you tiny wee lads oh my gosh this is hard yeah Paul McGee is Paul McGee Pre-Premier League, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. He would have got in there as well. He would have got in there. What about Tarek Lamptey? He'd get in anyway. He's tiny. Uh, <laughs> Tarek Lamptey is in there. Yes! 164 centimetres. Congratulations, Lukey Moore. Now, Janino. Janino's in there. Oh, so Jim, TLF, Jim. the little fella. So Jim gets to, um, if Jim gets the point, he wins the whole thing. Okay. I love it. Georgie King Cladsey. I don't think he was that, that small, was he? That's 5'8", isn't he? Yeah. Oh, Jim. Don't have a go. Ah, uh, Saka? Saka. Oh, he ain't. He ain't. I don't think this has ever happened on the show before no. on the game. Uh, nobody gets a point, and we move on to the tiebreaker. Can, you, can we have somebody? And... Have, can we have the other answers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, That's you can. Yeah, yeah. Give us the short. But we will. We will move on to the uh, tiebreaker between uh, Jim and uh, Andy. Uh, Aaron Lennon. Oh, <sighs> Alan Wright. <clears throat> oh yeah. Albert Crusat. Don't know who that is. No. Uh, Andy Ducross. Don't know who that is. Yeah. Bernard. Oh, Bernard. <laughs> Jesus, really? Yeah. Daniel Podence. What? Yeah. Right. Ian Povera. Yeah. Nathan Dyer. And a little Ryan Fraser. Oh, we oh. Ryan Fraser. Mm. The player, Eddie Howe, could not improve. <laughs> <laughs> so he bombed him out. Uh, right, we're on to the uh, tiebreaker. It's Andy versus Jim, and Andy could be winning to add to his ridiculous amounts of wins this season. Can I just say, great categories. Great, yeah, very, very yeah, good. Round of applause for producer Finn and uh, yeah. Well done, guys. Well done, guys. Well done, guys. Who were both very tall men. Yeah. Uh, players that started or came off the bench in Steve Bruce's last game in charge of Newcastle United. A 3 2 defeat to Spurs uh, in uh, 2021, October the 17th. You. 14 players. I cannot tell you how pleased I was not to be a part of this. <laughs> <laughs> players that started or came off the bench in Steve Bruce's last game in charge in Newcastle back in uh, 2021. Jim, you're kicking off first. Jamal Lascelles. Jamal Lascelles, he played. Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson, he played. Sean Longstaff. Oh, you'd best believe he played. (laughs) Ryan Fraser. Playing is my middle name. (laughs) (laughs) Fabian Cher. It's time to play. 
it's not time to play. Andy, not come on, Andy, you got this. Come on, Andy, you got this, my beautiful boy. I, the thing is, I'm looking at you, and all I can say is Emil Kraft, although I'm pretty sure he didn't play. Oh, he didn't play. It's fucking Jim Town. Miggy Almiron. Got it. Absolutely got it. Joe Willock. Joe Willock did play. Congratulations. Andy Brasso. Andy Brasso. Jim, you've run him close. It's a good effort, mate. Thanks. Very good. That's fantastic. You could have had uh, Alison Maximan. You could have had Kieran Clark, Isaac Hayden, Jacob Murphy, Javier Manquillo, uh, Joe Linton, Joe Linton, uh, Georgia Shelby, Carl Darlow, and Matt Ritchie. And you actually prefer that to the current team, don't you? I, I'm just honest. Just honest, non-spots wash beauties. <laughs> uh, so that has uh, been uh, the Friday edition of the um, Football Ramble. Thank you very much to uh, everyone who got involved by listening to the Football Ramble preview show sponsored by Betfair, part of the Aircast Creator Network. You can find us on Twitter, Luke. There's all kinds of things going on there. What are you telling there. me? I know that. Go and check it out. Go and go on, type I'm the on... URL, twitter.com or yeah. x.com yeah. forward slash. It's good stuff on there. It's a good I like the way they've taken the news headlines off now, mm. so I don't know what the fuck's really going confusing. on. confusing. Uh, you can find us on TikTok, YouTube and Instagram at Football ramble and don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app it has never been more important uh, and I necessary would, and I would also, sexy I would also add patreon.com forward slash football ramble if you mm. become a patron mm. you get access to the discord server which for example um, you'll get access to we are in Newcastle this week as we've mentioned I posted a load of behind the scenes stuff on there which Ooh. you won't get anywhere else one of them was a very close up picture of Andy's face he doesn't even know about that <laughs> uh, he is a bit of a paparazzi look Will really he, yeah, he, he sometimes takes very unflattering pictures of me I live for the content you've got a whole folder <laughs> so, haven't you is there any I've got a Pete folder on my yeah. phone is there any other type of photo of you Peter uh, what do you mean? The unflattering. unflattering. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unflattering to the human race. You're one of the only people you. I know that every time I get a camera out, you start taking your clothes off. Yeah, it's just to distract from the face, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Put clothes on Shall your I? face. <laughs> so right. yeah, though, do go to the Patreon and, and sign up if you're able to afford it. It's a load of extra content Ooh. on there. It's well worth doing so. Lovely stuff. Well, we'll be back on Monday for more of this lovely stuff. Uh, say goodbye, Jim Campbell. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Andy Brassel. Goodbye. And congratulations on the win. Thank you. Luke, say well. Say lovely stuff again. Lovely stuff. That's my uh, thinking words. <laughs> <laughs> the Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 